Let's open our Bibles, John chapter 20. John chapter 20. Uh, last week we talked about, uh, you know, something that happened before the, the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus. And, and this morning we're going we're gonna to talk about something that happens afterwards because we covered... Uh, at you know at Easter and, and Good Friday and at that time we covered the cross and the resurrection and so uh, you know I could probably speak those same messages to you and you say boy that sounds kind of familiar but that sounds it's good <laughs> no you wouldn't do that would you and uh, I, I talk about that sometimes if I just just bring a message that I, that I spoke about a year ago you probably wouldn't remember it all but you know. Peter says that, you know, it's good to, re- to repeat things because that's how we learn. Repetition is how we learn. So, but I'm not going to do that to you uh, this soon. So, uh, but last week we looked before the, res- before the cross and the resurrection where Peter denied the Lord. And, and uh, you know, it was a, a tough thing to look at and, and really in application to ourselves. Uh, because what was it that Peter denied he denied these three things. Number one, that he was one of Jesus' disciples, that he had been with Jesus, and thirdly, that he even knew him. And, and you know, those things were all true. Again, I, I, we have to ask ourselves that. Are they true of us? Do I, am I one of Jesus' disciples? Do, have I spent time? Do I spend time with him? And do I really know him? Peter denied those things. He denied the truth. He was in this battle, as we, as we saw, Satan desired to sift him like weed, and it was in this battle. And uh, when you think about it, uh, I mentioned this too uh, recently, you know, that the first piece of armor in our spiritual warfare is what? The belt of truth, you see? And so... Peter's in this battle with, with the Lord now, and what does he do? He takes off the belt of truth. He's denying the truth. And so he got kind of beat up there, definitely. However, yet, he never lost his faith because Jesus said he would pray for him. And Jesus also restored him. And we saw how uh, Peter went on to serve the Lord boldly and courageously maybe even because of what happened. You know, we think everything that bad, bad, that's bad that happens, even our own failures, you know, it's the end of us. But God turns things around, uses them uh, even in our lives. Now today, uh, we are going to look at this person called Mary Magdalene. She was the first to see Jesus alive. This woman, this incredible account. And, and, and there's some things in here that, <clears throat> that I <clears throat> excuse me, didn't notice before that I kind of want to try to bring out, because we, we all kind of know most of the story uh, from hearing it, you know, uh, often, uh, you know, at, at Easter time. But the first thing that Jesus says to her is, why are you crying? He's the first to see her alive, and, and the first thing he says to her is, why are you crying? Let's look at John chapter 20 and verse 1. It says, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. It's very early. It's still dark. We see in the life of this this person, Mary Magdalene, 
uh, things that come out. Number one, I think, is this love and devotion that she has. She, she wanted to be the first there, and she went to this tomb. It's still dark, and she goes there. Uh, Mark says in his account, he says that when Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. We don't know an awful lot about her uh, except these few little things that are written. And one is that she she had been set free by Jesus. Jesus did a powerful work in her life. And so it's, it's no wonder why she was so uh, devoted. She was so in love with Jesus because of all that he had done for her. It was incredible. So, so she had so much to be thankful for. And, and, you know, she was the first one there. Now jump down to verse 8. It says that Finally the, finally, the other disciple, we, we, we looked at already about Simon Peter and John going into the tomb and all that and, and the race that they had to get there. But finally, the other, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first, he also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. So this, this concept of the resurrection is that there's no other way. He had to rise from the dead. But John looks inside, he sees, and he believes. And this is kind of where we pick it up now in verse uh, 10. It says, Then the disciples went back to their homes. So Peter and John, they were there. They went back. They went back to their homes. They saw this. I don't think they really understood everything yet. But they saw and they believed that, hey, he's, he's not here anymore. Did they believe in the resurrection? I think they had a, a, an inkling that, hey, he, that's what he had said. But until they actually saw him, I think it, it, it didn't really all come together. But Jesus had to rise from the dead. But look at, at verse 11, the first part. It says, the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. Mary wasn't going anywhere. I wonder, you know, the disciples, they went back home. But Mary, she's, I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay right here. And again, it's this idea of her heart after Jesus. She wasn't going anywhere. I wonder if they can say that about us. That we are as fiercely devoted to Jesus as she was. But rich was going to stay there. Rich was going to keep following Jesus no matter what, was going to stay as close as he possibly could. Can they say that about you and I? Now here she is, she's weeping. She's crying, and really the the term uh, expresses this loud expression of grief, really an almost a wailing that was going on there. Now, why was she doing that? Well, it's obvious, and, and... even though she's going to be asked the question twice, why are you crying? It's kind of obvious to us to know. She was crying over the fact that Jesus had died. She was crying over the loss. She, she lost Jesus. She loved him. She was committed to him. And, and Jesus was now gone. She was crying over the fact she didn't know where his body was. Something had happened that she didn't understand. So she, it says here that she, as she wept, She bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. 
She looks into the tomb now and she sees two angels. Did she know they were angels? It doesn't really say. It says they were angels, but did she know it at the time? Hard to say. I mean, they were dressed in white. Maybe they were, but, but Hebrews, the book of Hebrews tells us that we should not uh, forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. So we don't know. There, there are angels that are definitely alive and active in our world today. We don't know. I think some of us have had things happen to us. We go like, you know, we never saw that person before, never saw them again. You wonder, was that an angel? Possibly. We don't know. Maybe we'll find out in heaven when we get there. Did she know they were angels or not? It, it, it really doesn't matter. But some, you know, make a point. Well, she turned away from the angels, she, you know, and, and at, at some point in time. But... but it doesn't really matter, but look what the angels say to her in verse 13. <clears throat> they asked her, the angels, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. They ask her the question, and again, this is number one out of two times that she's asked this question, why are you crying? Now, again, it's fairly obvious why she was crying. And in, in, in her answer, she says the same thing and, and, and we, that we, we've already uh, pointed to. So why would they ask her the question again? Twice it's asked of her. I think as the, as the angels are there in the tomb, I think it's... I think what they're saying to her is, why are you crying? And, 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 and I think that's us too. And again, I always, I always believe, and I've, I, I've been looking at these verses, thinking about this, and, and, you know, why are you crying? Why are you worrying? Why are you stressing out? Don't you realize, the angels knew this, don't you realize that Jesus is risen? Don't you realize that he is Lord, that he is God, that he's Savior. And, and that's for you and I. Don't we understand what he has done? She couldn't see it yet. And so often that is just like us. We can't see it yet. And so we cry, we worry, we stress. Is that true? I do. And so, you know, I, I'm just going like, because I can't see and I'm not focusing on Jesus and I'm not looking to him to understand like who he is and, and who he really is. Not like, oh, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. That, that's good too, but to really understand that he is the Lord of the universe, the Lord of Lord and King of Kings, and he, he has got it all together. And he has conquered death, and, and if he can conquer death, he can conquer anything, right? Is that true? But how often are we focusing on that? We're focusing on the stuff around us that we're consumed by, our own loss, our own trials and troubles, the stuff we're worrying about that we're stressing over. Verse 14, at this, maybe she was frustrated then, when like, why are you asking me these questions? At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Now, that's not really that surprising. I think, you know, we're, we're humans and, and, you know, 
but, but maybe he looked differently. We, we don't know why she couldn't recognize him. Maybe she was kept from re- recognizing him at that moment. But she turns around and sees Jesus. And, and I think, and I, when, I, when I look at the whole picture here, I think she's completely brokenhearted over it all. I think she's completely brokenhearted over it all. And yet, despite the fact of how she feels, Jesus is standing right there. Did you get that? Do you understand what I'm saying? She feels brokenhearted, completely destroyed, and yet Jesus is standing right there. The thing that she's brokenhearted about, Jesus is standing, he's right there in front of her, and she doesn't realize it, she doesn't get it, she doesn't see. And I I think it's true for you and I today, that even when we don't realize it, we don't understand it. We're completely brokenhearted that the Lord is right there. That's why it says in Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. And he saves those who are crushed in spirit. The Lord is right there. Now, you, usually when you and I are brokenhearted, we, we're, we're not even aware. We're not even thinking about that. If we were, we would be comforted. We would be strengthened. We would be helped. It says he saves the, those who are crushed in spirit. We're so focused on, on what we're feeling at the time, but yet he is right there. And, and, and that's what's happening to Mary. And I think it, it happens in our situation too. He's right there. We don't know it. We're not really looking. We're not looking for him. Look what, look what Jesus says to, to her in verse uh, 15. What does he say to her? He says, Woman, why, what? Why are you crying? Point he says it again. He says what the angel just said. Why are you crying? And, and, and for me, it's like the Lord was, was speaking to my heart through this. Like, why are you crying? Why are you worrying? Why are you stressed out? Because you are not looking in the right place. Who is it you are looking for? Who is it you're really looking for? Do you understand who it is, who he is? Why are you crying? These are the first words that Jesus speaks to Mary. Matthew Henry, the commentator, he said that that these, he believes, are the first words Christ spoke after his resurrection. The first words Christ spoke after his resurrection. Why are you crying? In other words, you know, why are you worrying? Why are you stressing? Now, I I understand that the the first reason for that is that he was really caring for her loss and her sorrow. He did. For her pain and for the tears and for the hurt that she felt. But also the fact, the reason he asked this question is that he is alive and that he is the answer to all of those things. I remember reading about uh, this idea of being brokenhearted, and and Charles Spurgeon says that we live in a a heartbreaking world. And and that the stuff that we face in this world is heartbreaking, but but the fact of the matter is that, that the Lord is near to us. And sometimes 
Uh, it's true that, that we sense that we finally get through it. It sometimes takes this night of wrestling, you know, like Jacob wrestling with the Lord at night, the angel of the Lord, uh, till we get to the place where we, where we break through and we get the, the peace of the Lord. And, and so, but sometimes we have to go through those kinds of trials to actually get to that place. Yay, everybody doesn't say. But, but go on with me in, in this account, because in verse 16, Jesus said to her what? Mary. I notice on the screen, it's, it's kind of uh, faint. But you know, it made me think about how did he say it? How did he say her name? He just said her name. That's all he said. And she recognized him. Some thought this is the, the, you know, the biggest recognition scene in all of history. She recognized him. You know, he, he just calls her by name. And, and you know, he, he knows each and every name. He knows each of our names. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, but I, I can't always remember everybody's names. I can barely remember my own name sometimes. Is it Rich? Is it Richard? Is it uh, Brosy? My son calls me Brosy from Bro. It's a weird thing to call your dad, isn't it? Let's get, let's get off on that. He remembers each and every name, though. In, in John chapter 10, it says that he, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out says, his sheep follow him because they know his voice. He calls his own sheep by names. He knows your name. He calls it out. I wish I could go through every one of your names and, and just call it out. But, but Jesus is calling your name. But do you recognize his voice? Mary, when, when, he heard, when she heard him speak her name, it's like she goes, her eyes were just open. This is Jesus. This encounter she now had with Jesus, the first person to see Jesus, the first one to hear his voice after the resurrection. She turned toward him and she cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. It's a, a strengthened form of the term rabbi. Isn't that what we want? An encounter with Jesus where you hear his voice. You hear him calling your name. The resurrected, the all-powerful Lord Jesus. Why are you crying? Mary, he says. Verse 17, Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. See, he's speaking about the ascension here. And, and you see, you know, he, he rose from the dead and, and, and she was there kind of holding on to him. And it talks about, you know, they're grabbing onto his feet and that. But, but he wasn't going to stay physically, you see. So, so, uh, the ascension was still, and he told them that that's what's going to happen, that he would rise and he would sit at the right hand of the Father. And, 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 and so uh, 
you and I, we kind of go through this. Well, you know, if, if Jesus was physically standing there in front of me, well, then, I, you know, of course I could, you know, have faith and trust and all that. But it was never his plan to stay here physically for, for everyone because then he would only be in one place at one time if he was there physically. So he ascended so he could send the Holy Spirit so that Jesus could be there with each one of us wherever we are, you see. Isn't that what he said to uh, Thomas? Where am I here? He said that to Thomas, and uh, I thought it was in my notes here. See, I'm get, I told you I'm getting old here. Verse 28 uh, in, in chapter 21, actually, verse 28, chapter 20. Uh, verse 29, and Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. You see, uh, Thomas was the same way. Unless I see him physically, unless I touch him and I put my you know, hands on him, he says, I, I'm not going to believe. But Jesus said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So for you and I, that's us. One day we will see him face to face. Verse 18, Mary Magdalene, she does what Jesus told her to do. She says that she went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told him that he had said these things to her. Now, is that, is that the uh, proclamation of a broken-hearted woman? Does that sound like a broken-hearted woman to you? No, this is a declaration. You see, she was broken-hearted, but she had this encounter with Jesus, and something happened, you see. She, she was there. She realized that he was there, his presence, and, and all he says to her is, Why are you crying? Who, who is it you are looking for? And then... Her name. Now, maybe he said some other things to her as well, besides, you know, the fact that he said, go and tell my, my, uh, the disciples, my brothers, and, and, and that, that he was going to return and ascend. But hearing the voice of Jesus, it turned, it turned things around. She went back to them and she said, I have seen the Lord, that, that he's alive. It says that she told them that he had said these things to her. So she had her testimony. She had this encounter with Jesus that she told them about. And she also told them what he said, right? He told, she told them his word, what he had said. Again, Matthew Henry said Christ's way of making himself known to his people, speaking about for us now, is by his word. His word applied to their souls, speaking to them in particular. I love that because I do believe that the Lord speaks through his word to us individually, in particular. It's not just this blanket thing for all mankind. Some of it certainly is, but, but I believe the Holy Spirit brings his word alive to you and I personally. 
That's what I've been sensing even as I've been studying these verses and, and worrying about these different things. And he's saying the same thing. Why are you crying? Why are you worrying? I found it in my notes now. Thomas, I brought it out early. She had this encounter. This brokenhearted woman had this encounter with Jesus and and. and she realized he was right there and, and, and things changed radically. He tells her, go and tell. How can you keep that to yourself? Again, this is a, a woman that was radically uh, set free by Jesus. She was bound by seven demons. She was set free. She had been following him. She had this incredible testimony. And yet then she had this testimony of seeing Jesus, the first one to see Jesus alive. I have seen the Lord. Can you and I tell other people that? Oh, we haven't seen him physically. But have we seen him in the spirit? Have we seen him in his word? Have we seen him in our, in our relationship, in our walk? Have, I've seen the Lord and he's, he's working in my life. I, I, I know Jesus is alive. He's, he's alive in my life. Can you and I go and tell anyone that? Stop asking questions like that, please. How can we keep it to ourselves? In, in 2 Kings, there, was a, there were four men with leprosy, and, and they were outside the city gate, where inside they were starving to death. And these four men, they were outside. They went, and they, they, went, they said, you know what? What do we got to lose? We're just going to go to the enemy's camp because we're starving too. And they went to the enemy's camp, and God had done a miracle, and it was deserted. And it was full of food. And so they just start, you know, like, eating like insane, grabbing all the gold, everything, and, and, and they just, they stopped. And they said to each other, we're not doing right. This is a day, a day of good news, and we're keeping it to ourselves. If we wait until daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let's go at once and report this to the royal palace. This is too good a news, and, and we can't keep it to ourselves. This isn't good. This isn't right. In all the pain, in all the sorrow and the loss of this life, you know, to know his presence, to know his love, to know that he is alive, that he is God. Who is it that you are looking for? It's Jesus. That he cares, that he is close, that he's right there, even if you can't see him. And I want to say, even if you don't realize and know that he's there, he is there. How can I say that? Because that's what the Bible teaches. He'll never leave us, never forsake us. I think this we can know because of what God's word says. And this we can share with others. First, know it for ourselves. But let's tell others about it. Tell our brothers. You tell your brothers and sisters. You share your testimony. Hey, this is what happened to me. Let me tell you something that happened to me. How do you know that what you might be telling them might be just the word they need to hear so that God can minister and help them? I, I don't know. Maybe. I know it's happened to me plenty of times what someone said to me. And I go like, Wow. That, yeah, that, wow. So quiet. Let's pray, shall we?
Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the fact that you sent your son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins. But death could not hold him. And he had to rise from the dead. And, and sure enough, he rose from the dead. And, and, and then we have this encounter with the risen Savior through this woman who was so grateful, who, who loved, loved Jesus, who was brokenhearted, but yet you, you turned it all around. Jesus, I know you're, you're asking us, and you've been asking me, why are you worrying? Why are you crying? Why are you stressing? I'm here. I'm right here. I know the situation. I'm greater than the situation. I have it in control. I'm still on the throne. Oh, Lord. Perhaps that's one of us. we're, we're, We're facing different things, trials and troubles and things of this life and loss and pain and sorrow. You are here. You're right there. And you care. I love that song we sang, Open Our Eyes, Lord. We want to see Jesus. To reach out and touch him. We do. We want to see you, Lord. Not physically, but to see you, that you're, that you're there. You're right there. You're right here with us. Gracious Lord and Savior. Lord, thank you for for all that you have done, for all that you are doing and all that you will do. I pray for any two, Lord, that might not know you, that, that, that don't have a personal relationship with you to call out to your name. You can have that. He cares about you. He loves you. He died for you. He rose from the dead for you. And all you need to do is reach out. Invite him in. Receive him. Do it now. Lord, I I pray that you'd bless your people. You bless your people with, with peace, with fresh vision, vision of you who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.